Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Directed by Andy Serkis, Venom, Let There Be Carnage is the superhero film featuring the Marvel Comics character Venom. The movie is out now, but if you haven't seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage yet, and you want to go watch it first before listening to our review, we will be talking spoilers. Distributed by Sony Pictures, this is the second film in Sony's Spider-Man universe and the sequel to Venom. Jason, you have the plot. Eddie Brock, played by Tom Hardy, is still struggling to coexist with the shape-shifting extraterrestrial Venom. When deranged serial killer Cletus Cassidy, played by Woody Harrelson, also becomes host to an alien symbiote, Brock and Venom must put aside their differences to stop his reign of terror. This is a film that here in Australia we did how to wait for. The US, the UK, they got this movie a while ago. So I feel as though the wait was getting me more looking forward to the film than the trailers were. Just the anticipation, the the, the fact that we couldn't have it. Yeah. I can't remember if I was sat there in the cinema. It was either five, at a push, ten minutes until I had a full realisation, I'm not liking this, I don't want to watch it. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I had that feeling or had that feeling as soon as I did watching this film. I mean, we're going to get into it, we're going to break it down, but I just had to say it up front. Everybody involved, the cast... What a waste. The cast are so much better than the film that we were watching. I mean, that's me. Maybe you had a completely different experience and you loved it. I've got to tell you, man, I like, let's. Sometimes we do a review and it's like, you know, we like to sort of just lay out our thoughts, process it, you know, sort of almost in a therapeutic way and then by the end you know give our give our overall thoughts in a nice concise sometimes over explained summary this movie is terrible the i i going forward going into this review i do not have anything positive to say about it i'm just going to put that out there right now as a just a preemptive preemptive summary i guess this movie is just this movie is bad. This is a bad movie. This is not great. It's, it's you know, Spider-Man universe. We all, you know, if you're familiar with me, you understand the, you know, the love for Spidey and, and all things related. Um, you know, that first, you know, that 2018 Venom film, you know, I wasn't the biggest, on the biggest fan at all of that one. But, you know, like I enjoyed watching Venom, you know, wrecking shop, jumping on buildings, you know, like just fighting other things. Like, you know, like there, were, there were fun things in there. That's what that movie was. It was just like fun yet stupid and like sometimes frustrating, but, you know, whatever. Going into this, I figured, look, there's no way. Like, I just thought they can only go up. The movie could only be better than that first one. It couldn't be any worse. Holy shit. This movie is sillier 
dumber. Like, and and there is way more to talk about with it. So let's 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 start. Let's converse. Let's. Well, converse. I just but that is where I'm coming from. I just want to go now. Add to that. <laughs> I've seen the first Venom film three times. First time at the cinema. I've got to be honest. The second and third time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. And Tom Hardy is good in that first one. We got teased of Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy at the end in that terrible, terrible big. He's got better hair in this. At least that's a positive. There's one positive. There's one positive. Done. (laughs) And I'm out. (laughs) There's some interesting things happening in that first one. And they brought the cast back. Michelle Williams comes back as Anne. But I felt as though she did more in that first one. She's here just for the sake of being here. She is she is character number one that we both did not need nor did not actually contribute to the movie at all. No, nothing against Michelle Williams, you know, like fantastic actor in her own right. Um, and you know, like there was a purpose to her to her character in that first film. This time, nothing, nothing. She was there. Do you know what? Nothing. Her purpose in this is the same as that first one. She brings the symbiote back to Eddie. Both movies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. That's the purpose. That's it. So, yeah, so we get to see she Venom again. Or Venom with boobs, whatever you want. (laughs) Oh, wow. It it was weird that first time. It's weird this time. I don't know. Yeah. So this is a film with a British director, British actor in Tom Hardy. There's other British actors in here, like randomly, Reese Shearsmith from The League of Gentlemen pops up as a priest with an American accent because (laughs) even though they shot this movie in the UK, it takes place in the US, and it's why we've got other actors like Stephen Graham, who admittedly does do a lot of American film and TV, but I was just noticing how British this American film was. Andy Serkis, he cited the odd couple as the influence on the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. Okay, so you've got like a sitcom dynamic going on there. I just thought that relationship was a lot more interesting in that first one. And I th- and even when we saw the first trailer in Mrs. Chen in the convenience store and they were playing it for laughs, I thought, okay, I enjoyed a lot of those elements in that first one, and maybe they're just going to lean into that some more for the sequel. They really leaned into it, and more of what I liked in that first one didn't work for me this time. Yeah, like the... um, You pretty much... If you didn't like that relationship that Eddie Brock and Venom had in that first film, like you're not going to like it in this one because, like you said, they double down, they go full ball with it, and uh, I guess the, the unfortunate thing is... You know, if you remember from when we first discussed Venom you know, back in 2018, I didn't really like, I didn't like sort of the Eddie Brock character, like, or, you know, what Tom Hardy was doing in his performance. Um, and then just how Venom interacted with him. Like, it was like Venom was like a cartoon character sort of in his head. And I don't know, it, it, that didn't really work for me. But I, at least there was some sort of grounding to it I guess it it wasn't like you said it wasn't really I guess it was playing for laughs but 
not all of the time. And there was like a real, somewhat real struggle, I guess, with the two yeah. sort of personalities and, 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 you know, sort of consciousnesses. With this, it's just like, like I said, like, it's like a sitcom. It's much more of a comedy. Like that whole sequence where they're literally beating each other up inside, you know, the apartment, <laughs> you know, like, venom goes out the window i like just sat there and was just like like what the f did i actually just watch like what was that and i i, I don't know like that none of that worked for me here no. it was just so much more cartoony silly and unbelievable leaning into the comedy though i i didn't pick up this reference did you see or get the beverly hills cop reference no, I, I remember the reference, but I, I can't remember. Well, it's pretty much throughout knowing. the movie. It's what Eddie Brock is wearing, just like Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley is wearing a Mumford Fizz Ed T-shirt and a Detroit Lions jacket. Okay. Right. Eddie Murphy wore the Mumford shirt in Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, and he wore the jacket in Beverly Hills Cop 3. I mean, that's intentional, surely. That's not coincidence. Probably, like, must be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, really? for sure. Like, for sure. Really? He's wearing Axel Foley's wardrobe from Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 in some scenes, most of the scenes, and the other scenes is wearing his jacket from the third movie. I don't know. That's got to be intentional. But, like, but why? <laughs> like, that's I, I don't thing. know. I don't know. Like, what's the purpose of that? One of them, maybe. But both of them? That just kind of makes the Eddie Brock character seem like a bit of a weirdo, more so than he already kind of Beverly Hills Cop fan. A really big fan. It's a good quality. I guess. Anyway, probably from the sound of it, less of a thing than I thought maybe maybe it was. Let's talk Carnage. The approach in this movie, different to what we get in the comics. In the comics, Eddie and Venom don't fully merge. That's why there's always or for the most part, a separate identity. Cletus and Carnage do merge, which always made them more deadly because they became one. In the movie, though, it's the opposite, isn't it? And that's ultimately partly why Carnage is defeated. It wasn't a perfect match with Cassidy. I feel like in this movie, it was it was just the same. It was just the same thing. Like, I, I didn't see any sort of distinct difference in There's dialogue there is, there is dialogue in the movie yes oh, <laughs> oh yeah like yeah like before venom does his final blow it's like oh they're not like in sync or something there you go dialogue like, yeah there was something there wasn't there in case you didn't see it visually they're going to tell you this movie is so paint by numbers when you've got the character of francis Balanson, shriek and she loves Cassidy. Cassidy loves her. Cassidy would do anything for her. Carnage wants her out of the picture. Well, that's it, isn't it? She's the one thing that's going to come between them. She's the downfall. Character, character number two. <laughs> it's pointless and does not... Like, remove her from the movie. That's the same movie. It doesn't... Like, okay, like, it adds an element of, like, you know, there's a romantic uh, motivation for the Carnage character. But really, if you, you strip this movie down to its core, it's it's like, hey, there's a new monster. Then Eddie Brock slash Venom 
has to fight him. That's it. You remove the the romantic element to it, it doesn't make a difference. You still end up at the same place at the end, and the journey's the same. Like I don't know, pointless character. Um, hey, what though? You know, Naomi Harris is having a moment. She's in a shit film and a really good film on the big screen at the moment in both Venom and No Time to Die. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, it wasn't you know oddly timed, oddly timed, but um. It actually took me half a you know half a minute to work out that that was Naomi Harris. Um, yeah, like she's she's doing something very different here, so I commend her for that. But look, and again, it's not against her performance or anything like that. Like the performance actually wasn't that bad at all. It's just pointless character shit movie. Yeah, basic <laughs> yeah. basic film. It is a basic film. So you've got this all powerful alien symbol, and. Weaknesses, fire, and noise. What's her ability? Shriek? Well, she's loud. It's just it's just too <laughs> too paint by numbers. We've got Peter Mulligan, played by Stephen Graham. Now I didn't pick up on this in the movie because yes, I know Venom Carnage Shriek to an extent from the comics. But I didn't realise that Stephen Graham was also playing a Venom character who later becomes Toxin. Did, mm. did you know this? I, I've completely missed it. No, Toxin. look, I mean... I, Do you know I, at the I end? At the end, when, he's, when his eyes lit up blue and he said, monsters, I just thought to myself, I, I don't care. I'm not even going to look it up. I don't care. I mean, I did for the podcast, but in that moment, yeah, like, I don't, I, I've had enough. I don't even care. That's the exact same thing. It was like, I was like, I don't know who this character is. I like they're setting something up, but all I could think about was like, oh my god, this is just like the leader from the Incredible Hulk. Uh yeah. this moment where it's like, hey, here's a villain, he's gonna be a villain, but then we might never see this guy again. Yeah. But maybe we will, because for some reason people like this movie and it's making lots of money. So hey, maybe we the first will one as well. The first one, I thought it had some good things going on, like it was okay. But the box office, yeah, people loved it. And people seem to be, you know, going back and watching this one. Like, this is doing well, so maybe we will get that third. But what's happening in that scene with Mulligan, his eyes glow blue, which is to indicate that he has his own symbiote. I didn't get that at all. I read it online afterwards. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to stop paying attention. So I'm saying <laughs> it's basic paint by numbers, but I missed that he was supposed to be a symbiote. Yeah. All I took from that scene was literally like, okay, here's his character, and now he's being set up to be a villain. Cool. And I think, like you're saying, like it's that paint by numbers. It's like, sure, cool. That's that thing that they're doing. Tick. You know, almost like to tick off the, the cliches, the tropes of <sighs> superhero movies from like 15 years ago. Oh, oh yes. Like we, we're back that there is, again. We're that is exactly again. what this film feels like. And to its credit, Venom didn't, it didn't necessarily feel like that. This sequel absolutely does. Just one more thing on Toxin. Again, this is purely from doing research. In the comics, Toxin, who was a spawn of Carnage, which you guys have seen in the movie, He's the first symbiote Spider-Man truly considers an ally. So there you go. He's kind of a good guy in the comics. So who knows? Maybe that's what they promised 
Stephen oh, Graham. In these movies, Venom is kind of a good guy. So Lethal maybe, Protector. Yeah, like, uh, I remember reading that storyline. They say it, yeah. what, three times? I was thinking maybe three or four times. They say it a few times. I get it. I get it. That's what they want us to call him. We're not going to do it. <laughs> and you know what? Could have been a better title for the movie, but Carnage is in there. They think people want Carnage. Got to put Carnage in the title. Look, that's the thing, you know, like the idea, again, you know, the big Spidey fan, you know, the villain, you know, it would just give me a kick to see Venom and Carnage fighting on the big screen, big screen in live action. Look, you know, even if it's a stupid movie with, with a dumb plot, just give me some good Venom versus, like there is an appeal there. I get it. This movie really didn't even deliver on that. I found like most of the, like uh, some close-up shots of like Carnage and and or Venom. I was like, I was like, cool. Like they they look visually cool. Suddenly you get them the creatures in motion. It it does just become you know it's not the it's not like the most cartoony cartoon, but it, it just visually like the effects just weren't up there to make me like really absorbed in the action. And then by the time we do have the two of them facing off. The movie's done. Like they do have one fight and the end. I mean, let's talk about the runtime. <laughs> because if it was longer, you'd get a lot more of what you're saying you want to see. You know, like with what is this? Like, I think it's like 84 minutes before the credits start rolling. I think the total runtime is about 91 minutes or something like that. Something, something silly. Any, any movie should only be the amount of time that, that it needs to be. Like, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, the movie's just too short. Like, I just wanted a longer movie. If they can create a concise story that, you know, is paced well, I get everything I need from it. And, the, you know, the story unfolds and delivers what needs to be delivered in that time then cool perfect maybe that's the, the the correct time with this movie though like i just feel like there there was no second act you know if you're taking a, a standard three act sort of structure you had like your beginning which was actually quite slow sort of setting up you know like the carnage thing and then just catching up on eddie who pretty much seems to be exactly where he was in the last movie you know like with venom and all, and all that and then Suddenly it's like, okay, we've established that Carnage is sort of out there doing his thing and then third act fight. And I was like, well, where's the, where's the middle where there's sort of things going on and things sort of adding and building to that third act where like things are getting progressively worse or something? Nah, nothing. And I mean, how did you feel about that, I suppose? Honestly, fine. I was done. I was not enjoying this movie. Oh, so you just wanted to get out start, of this. You didn't care. You didn't care, yeah. I didn't need it to be longer. I mean, the movie is 97 minutes. So if we're excluding straight-to-video or animated superhero movies, this is the shortest superhero film since 2007, which was Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. That one was 92 minutes. Whoa. This... This is such a short movie. But again, <laughs> if I was loving it, I'd probably be disappointed. But to your point, maybe if they had more time to tell a better story, it could have been. 
better. But but again, five, ten minutes in my mind, I was not in for a good time. I I get uh, yeah, I completely understand that that stance of like, I'm not enjoying this, so I want it to be over. Oh, it's finished already. Fantastic. Off I go. I get that. That's that's cool. But I yeah, I think just as a just looking back, I was just I don't know. I got to the end of the movie. I was just like, wow, like that's it. Like that was that was the movie. If I think this runtime would have worked perfectly if they really just lent into this movie being like like a horror kind of thing where you know it was sort of like almost like a slasher monster kind of flick. Venom's out and about doing things and he's knocking people off and it's it's like and then it's like oh wow we're really just stop it and you know you lent into those sort of horror elements and maybe it would have if they just delivered me oh look they're playing it like a horror movie cool that that really works 90 minutes boom done but they still went through it it still felt like a big summer blockbuster superhero comic book movie with a middle part just taken out yeah and i feel i don't know and then it just two ends meshed together and much like carnage and cletus there just wasn't just wasn't in I don't know. <laughs> I mean, horror, that's essentially what they were supposed to be doing with that first film. And at one time, it was going to be rated R. And then they pulled it back. That was what horror, sci-fi. And then, again, this one, they lent way too much into the comedy. And not just the runtime. You mentioned, you know, comic book films from 15 years ago. It does feel like those films. Electra, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider. It feels like one of them. But if you look at everything else that's coming out, it just seems so dated. I mean, even an idea of going to someone like Eminem, I know he did a song for that first one and he comes back for this one as well. But doing like a rock or a rap song to accompany the film, the composer, Marco Beltrami, admittedly, he's done films like Logan in 2007. He did um, the other Wolverine film, The Wolverine. But he also did Blade 2. So it feels like these films got connections to films that are just really outdated now. Mm. It's a very outdated movie. And you look at, you know, what Marvel Studios are doing. DC, like it's it's not this. And in fact, you know what? It's probably a good time to talk mid-credit scene because this is where it gets messy. Because I'm praising what they're doing over at Marvel Studios with the MCU. And honestly, I didn't know what this mid-credit scene was going to be. I really didn't. And it shocked me. It didn't change my experience in the movie. That was still what it was. But I guess moving forward, they've got to put Venom somewhere. I mean, we've <laughs> all seen it. Venom is transported to a completely different room where we see Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson of the MCU on TV. So this was Venom trying to show Brock some secrets of the universe. I'm assuming, and do we know? Are we thinking that's what made Brock move to another reality? Or is it what's happening in the MCU? I feel like they made it really confusing by having that dialogue of like, let me show you stuff. And again, this is another very poorly 
just a weird performance by Tom Hardy where it's like, yeah, sure, show me. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. Um, yeah, yeah, the fact that Venom's like talking about like, oh, let me show you all these secrets of the universe and then something very profound and crazy happened. I'm just like, did Venom call us that or not? But then he's very shocked. Like Venom's confused as well as to what's happened. But I'm like, did that have something to do with what had happened? Like, if not the main thing, was it an element? I don't know. That's a whole confusing thing in itself. It's very confusing um, because we know it's after this, and we've only got to wait until January. We're getting Morbius, which is mm. going to be the third in these Sony Marvel films. Michael Keaton is in that film, and he's been a bit hush hush around who he's playing. But if he's Vulture, I always think Morbius, if that takes place after this movie, and I mean, the movie wasn't clear, but I'm under the impression that whatever the Marvel Sony universe was going to be is now in the MCU. Yeah. Look, um, let's, if I backpack, not backpack, if I back better a, a, a little bit. Look, if after the, after the 2018 Venom film, obviously, like I wasn't the fondest of it, but if there was some sort of, I think then if someone was to tell me like, look, the plan is that Venom will integrate into the MCU, share time with, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man or whatever, I would have been like, nah, all good. You know, like I still bought Venom on Blu-ray. I've still got it. It's, it's, I'm happy for that to be a part of it. But now like after watching this film, this sequel, and then at the end just being like, okay. So they like, like, yeah, they're, they're, integrating it in however they're going to do it but essentially these movies are in in some degree canon to the mcu i'm just like get the f out like i just it seems to be what's happened and honestly looking at what kevin feige is doing with the mcu there's no way he sits down watches this movie great good film no way yeah (laughs) it's like this this movie is an example of why he's so hands on at Marvel Studios to stop this, this kind of film not, happening. Yeah, because even the worst, even the worst MCU, MCU films, and we, we've talked about this you know, multiple times. Like even the worst MCU films are still pretty good. <laughs> like oh, absolutely, know, like, they're like, yeah, they're like yeah, they're 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 fine. They're good enough. They you know to 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 great to greatness. It's oh, like, well, we're oh, talking Incredible Hulk, Ant Man and the Wasp. They're still good films. Even the bottom most recently, Marvel. like Eternals, you know, not the honestly, greatest. But... Honestly, you know, we've, right. obviously we've reviewed Eternals. And even <laughs> though I'd seen the trailers for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I honestly thought, for me, Eternals was going to be the worst Marvel film of the year. Absolutely not. Like a masterpiece <laughs> compared to this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the problems we had with Eternals... There's no dispute in that it's a well-made film. Still, yeah, yeah. There's, there was, yeah. there, there, even though it was a two and a half hour runtime, there wasn't enough time to fit all the story in. But it was still a well-made film. Not this. <laughs> Where is this? With ninety minutes, not that much time. But do you know what? Even with the ninety minutes they have, they still don't even deliver on any sort of story. And then they, they just put in this thing at the end where I was like, hey, you know all those other movies that you hell love? This is a part of that. Get 
just get out of here. I don't know. But I gotta question, tell you, if the question's open, but how does it end? Oh, you know, it's Venom licking Tom Holland's face on a TV screen. That's strange, man. That's your movie. Although that, that that bit where Venom like he screams like, "What is that?" And to the um the, to like the the duck towel thing, that was pretty funny. <laughs> There's my second positive thing. <laughs> That's just the way he screams. What the hell is that? <laughs> that was that was crazy. But I got a full disclosure. I. I didn't know the scene or what actually involved or the fact that, uh, you know, Tom Holland appeared, J.K. Simmons appeared in it, anything like that. But I did, you know, in, in the delays and waiting for this movie to, to be accessible to us, um, I did come across a headline of an article somewhere online, I can't remember where it was, that, st- that stated, you know, Venom let there be carnage, post-credit scene, Venom is now in the MCU. Ridiculous. Who puts that as a headline for an article? I mean, clickbait. Of course, I didn't read into it. That was, and I know I think I spoke to you off here about Mm. the, I didn't obviously tell you the details, but I was like, I think I just read something that just like, that just ruined something. So, I mean, every time we've talked about, you know, whether whether it's Spider-Man No No Way Home or something to do with like the MCU and the multiverse, I've held back a little bit in terms of, <laughs> like, I guess, the Venom character and what's going on there and, and the Sony. It could, but mainly because I didn't actually have any context. And again, I didn't know if that was a true headline or just someone making shit up. But I guess it's, I've been sitting on that and it's been, it's been heavy. It's been heavy on me and I'm glad, I'm glad it's finally over. <laughs> It's really, it's really hard though, isn't it? Because it must have been, and I've talked about it even during our Eternals review about a month before the film came out on the Today Show here in Australia. They were just talking about the fact that a certain actor appeared as a character during a mid-credit scene for the movie. I'm like, how dare you? It's just unreal. <laughs> <laughs> so we do live in a world where things. But that, movie, that movie wasn't even delayed. That was like, which made that even more ridiculous. But now this, this, this one, it is what well, it is. And... I, I guess to, for them on the Today Show, the person that was to appear in the film, that made it news. Whereas if it had just been a actor in a role in a post-credit scene, they wouldn't have necessarily had it as a news story. But I guess for them, it's a big deal. But again, about a month out, and you're just thinking... Disney are not going to be okay with this. <laughs> like just blurting it out. Like anyway, anyway, we, we're talking. We're talking about MCU. I think we should probably, yeah. unless you got more to add. Well, I was just thinking, like if I mean, that's my bitch about sort of the, the post credit scene, I guess. But um, I mean, going forward, what are we? What are you expecting? You know, like will we get Venom in No Way Home? Um. You know, we are going to talk about this, uh, the latest trailer for that film um, in our upcoming movie show episode. But, um, you know, like, could there be capacity for Venom to show up, a cameo? Are they saving him for something else later on? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? It, it could. It absolutely <laughs> could. And put it this way, right? We've seen the other Spidey villains that are coming back. Question, would you prefer to see Tom Hardy as Venom or Topher Grace in No Way Home? Because, to be honest, either is possible. 
I mean, the multiverse thing is so messed up to me that I'm like, the. I mean, I, we don't know the rules. We don't know what the rules are to, to what they're doing. But I mean, potentially they could show both uh, and somehow uh, be like, make some sort of logical sense out of it, which to me, there is no logical sense. But they essentially they could. I'm, I'm worried that film's going to, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind, it's going to be a good film. I honestly believe that, but it could be <laughs> it could be messy. You know, you're the only other person I know that doesn't want to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Everybody, I feel like the same. Like we're everybody, the only two people on this planet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody wants them in the movie because mm-hmm. they want to see a Spider Verse. And I'm like, but you know, it happened in animation. Not only did they do a phenomenal job, and it was loved by everybody. They're doing a sequel. You can see more of that. So surely if we're getting it in one place, in this other place, wouldn't we, wouldn't you want something different and more original? Yeah. I guess not. People I mean, just I guess want we'll talk more of the same. We'll talk way more about it when we talk about that that new trailer. But I mean, keeping it sort of ver- venom oriented. Like if if what they're doing with the MCU going forward is, or at least with the Spider-Man aspect of it, if it's just like 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 variations of uh, of the villains that we've seen previously but they're not necessarily the actual characters from that movie uh, like from the previous movies like the Raimi movies or the the Mark Webb movies I can I can sort of deal with that and again keep Andrew Garfield and Tom McGuire out of it and just like with with Venom was to then jump into that it's sort of like oh look the connective tissue is like there's a different universe where this Venom character exists but it still kind of matches the world, I guess, in a way where it's like, I don't know. It's like there's, from what I've got from the MCU, it's like the multiverse seems to depend on something different happening in time, creating a new timeline. And that's a different, like, universe kind of thing where it's like, you know, where Tobey Maguire lives is a completely different, like, dimension. <laughs> And yeah, you know but this it's, venom, it's, this um, venom seems mm. to work. If they plug this guy, Tom Hardy's venom, plug him into the MCU, I think overall we'll be okay. Hopefully, Marvel Studios can contribute though to make a good venom film that I like. It's just it's funny. At the same time, both Marvel and DC are doing multiverse storylines, and it's going to get messy for both of them. But you know, we'll watch it. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens, but I mean, watching this film, Venom is in the MCU. That's my takeaway. But if you're going to rate this movie out of five, one, no explanation. None. (laughs) I got nothing out. I'm leaving one. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I mean, again, five ten minutes. I was done. One out of five. Big disappointment. But yeah, I literally. I mean, I jokingly gave a couple positive. Sh- I can't remember what they were. What was? What did I say was positive? There was something. <laughs> there was something. Something about a duck on a building. A gag. Oh, the, the duck cow. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, that was at the end. No, there was something earlier, but it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> overall, there really was nothing substantial. So I mean, look, I feel like I could give it. Have we ever given? I'm not giving it a zero. I'm I'm not giving it a point five. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, point five is okay. One, I don't I don't believe in a zero out of five. I think point five <laughs> is as low as you're going to go. But it, it, yeah, it's oh look, it's a 
even though it's missing a second act, it's still a coherent, I suppose. It's a coherent, a coherent mess. Film. <laughs> but I mean, really, all that happens is, okay, uh, Eddie Brock and Venom are, are still Eddie Brock and Venom. Cletus Cassidy becomes Carnage, and then Venom and Carnage fight. The end. That's the I mean, no, nothing no, else. Okay, happens. okay. I'm nothing sticking by else. my one. There is <laughs> there is an arc, like. Venom doesn't no, want to just not. feed. Well, Venom doesn't want to just feed no, chickens. He wants human brains. He's got the tire, like he'd have at a jungle swinging in the apartment. So even though they, you know, human and alien are a match, they're not getting along. But by the end of the movie, they are. So something does happen. But you know what? This is not a good movie. It is a one <laughs> out of five. And for both of us to give one out of five, it's got to be in running for worst film of the year because we're nearly there. So I guess come January, we'll do our year in review. I, I um, started thinking, I started thinking <laughs> and I'm like, I know there was a few, there was a few bad ones, but yeah, spoiler, this might be, this might be there. <laughs> I'll do some trivia and I was hoping you wouldn't mention it and you didn't. So thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> when Brock enters Mrs. Chen's shop, Venom arranges a stack of magazines for her. On the cover of those magazines is Marvel writer Stanley. There yeah, you I go. did see. I did Stanley, see his Stanley cameo. Is that a good thing? I don't know, but it's <laughs> he's got a, he's got a cameo see, in this movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like I don't know. It's cool. It's cool that you know he's there. I was good to see him. It's like the MCU have made, you know, Marvel Studios have decided not to continue the, the Stanley cameos past, um, you know, his death. Yep. I mean, what other, the only other studio doing Marvel films would be, is Sony, right? Oh, the only ones. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like, is Sony just going to keep doing them? If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think the Venom cameo from that first movie was the last cameo Stan Lee filmed before he passed. I'm pretty sure that's the case. And then in this movie, from from the first Venom film, yeah. Nah, well, I mean, that was that was 2018. So I mean, like we had Endgame and stuff after that. There was. Yeah, I'll look it up after. I've got for some reason I've got a memory of that being his last one, but let's not just stop and think about it. <laughs> dead air, dead air. Well, that's it for our review of Venom Let There Be Carnage. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Red Notice and Home Sweet Home Alone. And keep an eye out for our next review, 8-Bit Christmas. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from That Film Studio. See you soon.